I'm someone who loves trying out different makeup looks, but doesn't really wear much on a daily basis, so I like to focus on making sure I have high quality staples. And whether you like a fresh face, full glam, or somewhere in between, you've probably seen Thrive Cosmetics Viral Tubing Mascara. I've certainly seen it everywhere, you know the one in the turquoise tube? So that mascara, along with all of Thrive Cosmetics beauty products, are certified 100% vegan and cruelty-free, which I look for in makeup, and they've got excellent quality to match. And something I didn't know from all the mascara videos I've seen is that for every product sold, Thrive Cosmetics donates either that same product, another product that is needed more, or a monetary donation. They've worked with over 500 nonprofits to help with a wide range of causes like supporting cancer survivors, people experiencing homelessness, education access, and so much more. Knowing that makes me feel even better about using their products. And I do enjoy using them. Like I said, I like having high quality staples, and so my favorites are products that are multi-purpose, like the Brilliant Eye Brightener. It comes in a bunch of colors, and I like using them as eyeliner, eyeshadow, and even highlighter. Thrive Cosmetics is luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 20% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com thrive. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S, dot com slash thrive for 20% off your first order. Hey there. Ever wonder what happens to all those amazing screenplays that never make it to the big screen? Well, wonder no more. Welcome to Table Read Podcast, where we bring those undiscovered gems to life. Picture this. Talented actors giving incredible performances with the occasional laugh or blooper thrown in, produced by award-winning pros. From drama to comedy, TV pilots to feature films, there's something for everyone. And guess what? We release new episodes every week, so don't forget to hit that subscribe button. Table Read Podcast, where great stories finally get their chance to shine. and welcome back to another episode of Thanks for Coming In. I'm your host, Jillian Clare. For those of you tuning in for the first time, this is the show where I speak to fellow actors about their journey in the business, and of course, they share a good audition story. Now, sometimes those are funny, sometimes those are sad, and uh, sometimes they really just throw us for a loop, take us on a roller coaster, but it's always great. How is everyone doing this week? I am certainly getting into the holiday spirit. I hope you all are too. Um, I love this time of year, although I do wish it was a little chiller because it is still so warm in Los Angeles. And like, I just want to wear my sweaters and the weather is just like, no, no, you can't. But um, I'm, I still am really. I'm I'm sitting in my office with a huge sweater on right now, and I may be burning up, but dang it, it's November, so I'm doing it anyway. Today on the show, we have the lovely Moretta Moss. You may remember her from the TV show The Inspectors. She's also just a super cool woman who is out there creating her own stuff, like the web series Died, Highlighted, and Hopeful. She has another new web series coming out called Intersection that she co-created wrote and starred in. Um, she is a total badass and she has a brand new movie 
a Loud House Christmas movie, premiering November 26th on Nickelodeon and Paramount+. Plus. We talk about bringing an animated character to life and so much more. So here is my conversation with Moretta. And welcome to the show, Miss Moretta Moss. Hi, thanks for having me. It's nice to see you. It's nice to see you as well. How are you on this lovely day? Uh, it is really lovely here in Atlanta. It's like 70-ish degrees. Nice. Um, so, yeah. it's It actually got really it gets cold at night. It was like 39 degrees is our low. Not to give you the weather report, but it's oh my like, gosh. if you don't go out in the morning, <laughs> if you don't make it outside after, you know, before 10 a.m., you have no idea. That's wild. I'm I'm in Los Angeles and today it's like super super cloudy. It's been really foggy lately. Like super foggy, which is super bizarre to me. Yeah, you've got that June gloom like yeah. through the fall. Coming in. Like, yeah. Coming in hot. Mm. <laughs> well, I'm super excited to have you on the show today and to talk about your your new film coming out on Nickelodeon in a couple weeks. Well, I I guess when this airs, it'll be next week. But um, before we get to that, I want to go back and I want, um, to know how you got into acting. What, what made you want to become an actor? Was it something you knew as a child? Was it something you discovered as an adult? What put you on this crazy path? Right. Well, it was actually, it was something that I discovered as an adult, um, you know, in college because I was just struggling to figure out like, what I wanted to do mm-hmm. with my life. And it seemed like everyone around me like had it figured out. And I, um, you know, switched majors a lot and, and, um, and acting was never something that could have, that it was a possibility. I don't know any actors. Um, I wasn't, I mean, we were exposed to like theater and the arts, but not like actual, like I didn't, they weren't, they right. weren't tangible right, right. Um, people. And I, but I, you know, I loved I still love, I love TV. Like I love like getting to know a character and like revisiting them all the time. Um, but I sat myself down. I had a, you know, my freshman year was really de- quite depressive. And I was like, what do you want to do if you could do anything in the world? And my actual, my first choice would be a country music singer. Um, but I, I like can't sing. No. I don't know why I have that like inside of me. <laughs> but, but like, that would be like so dreamy. Um, yeah, but, um, but my second choice plan B was to be an actress. And, um, so I started taking classes, I transferred colleges. So I would be, um, you know, more in Atlanta to just have access to the classes and the auditions. I, I, I you know, got a, a college packet from UCLA. Cause I was going to, I was going to try and transfer there, mm. but that got vetoed. My parents are <laughs> su- very supportive, but they were not supportive of me going to LA at 20 years old, which I, as a I mean, it makes sense. Can, yeah, I definitely wouldn't have. I don't even know. And I, that could have just been messy. Who knows where I'd be now. Um, but, um, but I just started that. And even then, you know, taking classes, auditioning regionally, Atlanta was just like a very small regional commercial market. Um, I, I never thought that I could be an actual actress. Mm. So I decided to go in and um, do like TV reporting. I like, oh, how fun. interned. It was, you think, oh, uh, no. <laughs> I interned about an hour and a half. Um, well, maybe not quite. Um, Macon, Georgia, I got an internship with a 
a news station there because it was just, I think, smart on my part because it, it was a market where I would be able to get a job. And after interning a little bit, like they put me on in, as a general assignment reporter part time. And it was so much work. And also like a good day is when bad things happen. Uh, so that's not my vibe. Um, it was not my vibe at all. So I I was like, why are you doing this when you haven't even attempted, you know, to like actually be a working actress. So, so then I, um, moved to LA. Wow. And, and now I'm back in Atlanta. I stayed there 10 years. And so now I'm back. That's amazing. So did you graduated college with some form of acting degree or did you not get an acting degree? No, I didn't. I got a public policy degree. And then I was Ooh, like, fun. what do I do? I'm like, <laughs> well, I, yeah. I mean, and that was kind of a thing. Again, parents supportive, but they're like, you can get, oh my gosh, my kitty is here. Hi, and she, kitty cat. <laughs> oh, this, this is Lil. Hi, friend. Um, <laughs> yeah, she is a friend. Um, and now she's gone. Um, so I, I, supportive, but get a get an actual like not I think an acting and fine arts degree is a real degree but um I got a public policy degree went to grad school because I was just trying to buy time Mm. um and got a master's in public administration never used it um yeah and so then but I was always taking acting classes on the side and and pursuing acting that way I think Hmm. I think it's almost I mean, there's certainly sad to be something to be said for, you know, going to college for acting. It's incredibly difficult and it's it's a whole thing and unto itself. I mean, very hard. But I also think that as actors, our job is to know so much about so many things and be able to learn about new things. So I feel like having a degree in something else, too, is really helpful in not only character work, but like the fact that this is a business like you are a product half the time and you are a business. Totally. Yeah. I think it would have been nice to have found my people as far as like college within like a a theater community. Um, But, but yeah, I don't, I mean, as much as I can like shape my path from this side, you know, there's no regrets in that because it was like an experience all the way. Yeah. And I'm sure you have knowledge that, I mean, you never would have had that knowledge without getting that certain degree. And who knows when you're going to use it for a role. Right. No, I know. Right. Even though like it would have been nice to get a business degree right. instead of a public administration degree, because like this is a business and uh, there's just some a little catching up to do when you're like thinking about it from a public government standpoint. <laughs> yeah. But Yeah. <laughs> Um, so you decide to move to LA. Did you ever think of moving to New York or was it always LA? That's where I need to go. LA. It was, it was just, uh, you know, I, I used to, while I was in college, be like a trade show girl. Mm. We would travel everywhere and we would do shows in LA and Vegas a lot. And, um, I just, my times before I moved to LA, were like so epic and like LA, like an LA fairy tale, yeah. like at Saddle Ranch, like just like <laughs> running into celebrities, having like a karaoke night and like um, Journey gets up on stage and oh my sings. Gosh. Tracy Morgan is there. It was like one of those, like, oh my gosh, this is what LA is like all the time. It's just like <laughs> fun and celebrities. And, and it just was like, yes, it, it was one of those. I know LA is, a, it's a tough, 
town, but um, when you visit, there's just some energy that you like get, you get wrapped up in that like, you just like, yeah, it's just so enamoring. So it was always just LA just from my personal experiences there. And, you know, New York is, is a little, a little too chilly. And yes. I was always taught too. New York is more expensive than LA. I don't know if that's still, if that's, if that's still said. Yeah. Um, but now that I'm older, oh man, I would love to live in New York. I feel like that was a, like, I, I definitely have a yearning to at least live there for like a year just to have that experience. 100%. I've always felt that way too. Like I always have wanted just that like increment of time just in New York and not experiencing anything else, just being there and like feeling what it's like to be a real New Yorker. Cause I have so many friends who live out there. My two best friends live out there. So I'm always there, but I've never like lived there and like settled down and had my stuff there. And I just feel like that's just so, I don't know. It's always been something that I've wanted to do. Yeah. Oh, even when you say that, like my yeah. strings going to New York, <laughs> but it also, when you get older and this is not a good excuse, but, um, it's just, it's hard to start over, mm-hmm. you know, and like make, if you I don't have like close friends there. So just like making friends and things like, I just feel so lucky for the friends I have here that I would miss them too much. Aww. But again, I felt that way when I left LA too. Like, uh, like I made such good friends. So let's get to when you moved to LA. So you moved to LA and then did you have an agent, a manager? Did you do some workshops? How did you like hit the ground running when you got here? I did it all like whatever they said you need to do I was like okay great and not in a and I'm not type a but just like I will like give I would like I've got that gusto and I want this um so I didn't have a manager or agent right away but I eventually like actually probably not eventually I you know got c level and then I would just like well this isn't nothing's happening Mm -hmm. here and then just work it to get to b level and well I guess B minus level. No, no, I don't, I don't want to, you know, but it was, it was such a journey to get reps and to get actually sent out. Um, and I, when I did leave, I did have good reps. Mm. Um, but I, I don't, I don't have LA reps now, which I would love. Um, (laughs) ding, 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 ding. um, putting that out in the universe. Yeah. Um, but I did, I did the casting director workshops. I mean, I took a class on how to slate, which looking back now, I was like, oh, there's so many people after our money, you know, because um, there's no secret sauce. Just be yourself mm-hmm. when you slate. Um, uh, so I, I, you know, I, I got the breakdowns illegally. And this, yes. you know, this was now 15 years ago. And I would drive around I, and drop my headshots off anywhere I could based on the breakdowns. And, you know, a lot of times I'd just be leaving them like at the front uh, gate mm-hmm. of, a, of a studio. I mean, it might never get inside, you know, until like a week <laughs> later and that deadline is passed, but I did it. And I never heard a thing from those. Um, and then I started like trying to like get the emails and, and just really advocating for myself, but it was like hitting a brick wall. That's, that's what I felt like a lot of times. And then I, um, I decided to take a break from like a scene study class and I took improv classes Mm. and that's where I just found my people. I had a chance to perform an outlet on stage and that, that really made the LA experience, um, 
complete for me, like the training I got as far as like comedy and acting and improvisation, excuse me. Yeah. I mean, I think it's, I think it's so funny that you brought up like literally delivering headshots because that's, I mean, I've, I've been an actor since I was eight and I recently found demo reels that were on VHS tapes. And my mom was like, yeah, we used to send those to casting directors, literal VS VHS tapes. And I'm like, oh my oh God, my gosh. <laughs> that is so yeah. intense. <laughs> yeah. And that's a lot. I mean, I would imagine that's like a, quite a lot of resources. Yeah. Like, like, oh my VHS gosh. VHS tapes and that's, like that's postcards, so like watch me on whatever this weekend. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Now we can just uh, send emails. I mean, so much easier. <laughs> Yeah, or just like tag them in an Instagram yeah. post. I am I wonder how they like that. But <laughs> oh, that's adorable. I would like to see your VHS reel. Oh gosh. Uh, if we could find a VHS player. I you know, I did last year during the quarantine. I went out to Goodwill, I found a VHS player, and then I start, slowly started converting all of our old home videos to like MP4s. Took forever. Um so I do have it. It's somewhere. I'll have to find it again. <laughs> Oh my gosh. I, um, I had a friend and he's pretty successful now, but he, one of his first reels, he like incorporated like home video, um, with it. And I was just like, Oh my gosh, this is so cute. How could anyone not hire you? Oh my gosh. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. So you're in LA, you're doing your thing. You eventually get your representation. You're moving up, you're working. I mean, you're, you have an extensive resume, so you've been doing this for a long time. Um, what made you decide to move back to Atlanta? So I have a friend that moved out to LA about a year before me. Mm-hmm. And then he moved back to Atlanta a year before me. And he said, I've booked more in Atlanta in a year mm-hmm. than I did in LA in 10 years. And I said, okay, I will see you there. Um, wow. So I, it was really easy for me to go back home because I, I knew – you know, I, I had an agent there. I knew the town and family as well. So it, I mean, but I was like, oh yeah. And I literally had this mindset of like, I'll just book everything and then like go back to LA. Right. <laughs> but it's such a journey. I mean, my career is such a journey and I, you know, it, so I, I have like these excuses of why I wasn't more successful, like at my time in LA, like the, the writer strike happened. There was this boom of reality mm-hmm. TV, but this is all just, I don't understand why some things happen, you know, and, and some things don't, but I, um, but it, there was, I always, I, I worked as much as I could and I, I really enjoyed it. But um, Atlanta, just the opportunities that have presented itself here have have been great for me. Mm. I know they're, you know, everyone has a different story, but um, but it's been really nice. And the community has grown yeah. and that's been really nice. It's interesting because more and more on this show, I've been talking to people who don't live in L.A. or New York, like who live in smaller cities. Not that Atlanta's small, but smaller compared no, to yeah. LA and New York town. Um, but it's it's just interesting to me because it's really cool to watch our industry in this time just like slowly but surely expanding, expanding, expanding to where you don't have to be in California. You don't have to be in New York to be a working actor, a working director, cinematographer, whatever it is you want to be in the entertainment industry. It's 
it's this really weird like time. I feel like we're on this precipice of just this boom that's going to happen where everyone will just be like, oh, no, you can do anything anywhere and it's fine. Right. I, I mean, it still blows my mind that there is so much work here and there's like every day I will pass like a film or TV, some type of set. Like you, there's those yellow signs everywhere mm -hmm. and it blows my mind because it, there was nothing here. And then, and then there was. And so, yeah, I, I feel the same way. I, there's, there's, and just everywhere, I think like across the country yeah. now, like, you know, with New Mexico and Texas, like it's just, I, LA and New York will always be LA and New York because they are just so like just brewing with creativity and, and, you know, we don't have the writer's rooms like they, like LA mm -hmm. does. And, you know, there's, there's some blocks missing, but I, I, it is definitely building and trying to support something like that, but it takes time. Yeah. And, you know, yeah. I think it's going to be, I think our industry is going to look a lot different in, in 20 years personally. I can, I feel that it's happening that like, I mean, if you have people like Tyler Perry and Marvel, like exclusively shooting in Atlanta, I mean, it's incredible what, like where other companies are going to go and where people are going to set up their home bases. Yeah. And so, and even like top talent, like from that are normally based in LA and New York, they're like, oh, I like I don't have to be mm -hmm. here for work because I won't necessarily be working in LA. So they're even moving and becoming more accessible for some of these Atlanta shows um, than than they would otherwise. Which just um, it, I don't know. That's cool. I, I don't I'm, like because there's you still hear where there's not a lot of um, like the lead roles are still being cast in LA and New yeah. York, but. Um, but it's just, it's, it's happening more here. Yeah. I mean, even the, so the Loud House Christmas mm -hmm. movie uh, that coming out on Nickelodeon, mm -hmm. um, yeah, on November 26th, the day after Christmas, or no, the day after <laughs> Thanksgiving, like, I mean, that's a, a lead role we had, a, like we had an, it's an ensemble cast, but you know, that I booked off of tape here with a casting director I never worked with before. So, wow. you know. You just never know. You can shop from anywhere doing pretty much anything. You might shop while working, eating, or even listening to this podcast. And however you shop, we all know and love the thrill of the hunt. But do you also know how to get the thrill of the best deals? Because Rakuten shoppers do. With Rakuten, they get the deals they love with the most savings and cash back. And you can get it too. Start getting cash back at your favorite stores like Sephora, Nike, and even Expedia if you're looking to get some travel in. And getting cash back doesn't mean you have to miss out on sales because those can just be stacked right on top. It's easy to use and based on a simple idea. Stores pay Rakuten for sending them shoppers and Rakuten shares the money with you as cash back through PayPal or check. Download the free Rakuten app and never miss a deal. Or go to Rakuten.com to start getting the most bang for your buck. That's R-A-K-U-T-E-N. Do you like science fiction? I'm Carrie Bechet, and if you loved movies like Arrival or Interstellar, then you're going to want to check out my podcast, Hyperthetical. 
On Hypothetical, we tell speculative sci-fi stories interwoven with real science. New episodes every Tuesday, available wherever you get podcasts. Okay, so now that we're here, let's talk about this movie. Because how cool is it to be the real-life version of an animated character that so many kids already know? Uh, it's so cute. It's, like, just cute. Like, I love it. I, I love that, like, that she was already established, that all of these kids were already established. And it's so fun to watch them come to life. Mm. Like, all of the kids. Like, I am a mom of ten kids. Oh and then um, the nine girls Oof. and one boy. Yeah. And then it features also, like, the boy's best friend, Clyde. So it's, it's just crazy. Um, but also you know, that's an Emmy nominated show on Nickelodeon. Yeah. It, it people, it's, it, it's a great show. It's, it's funny. It's for the whole family. So it's really fun. Um, and also like we were, you know, we weren't, we're not like, we are not cartoons. We are not right. like the exact replicas. Like I, so my character, um, she has like, she's birthed 10 kids and she's got those, those, those hips that were made for birthing. Yeah. And not that I don't have like a figure, but I don't have, um, I don't have quite those hips. And I was like, Oh my gosh, are they gonna, are they gonna do something? Are they gonna, pad me? Me? Are they gonna... <laughs> and they didn't, you know, cause I'm, I'm just Moretta and like living this character. Um, so uh, I would have been fine with it. Cause that would have just been really fun, but we're not like, you know, it's not hokey. It's, right. You know, these are real people now that based off of the cartoon. So it's, it was, it's fun. It was so fun to shoot. Um, I'm really like looking forward to, you know, families getting together over the holidays and watching it. Cause I, I that's when I'm, I think just cozying up on the couch yeah. with a Christmas movie. It's fun. It's a good Did time. you guys have to, um, match your voices at all or were you able to just use your own voices you for them I guess it goes like for me like I found her and she in inside of me like so there is a like a tweak of the voice mm -hmm. um but and some characters did um match it more just because um one of them lisa who like i mean you're not supposed to have favorite kids but she's right <laughs> up there and she has a, a like a lisp okay. and um so so definitely that got incorporated you know there's some tonal uh structure that we did mimic uh, but that just i think came naturally yeah. for a lot of the cast yeah. That's so fun. I mean, being a part of a Christmas movie is is great because I mean, that's that's something that you will watch every single year over and over and over again. Um so what was what was that like? Cuz usually Christmas films you film them in what, the summer, spring, and it's always just so bizarre to see like trees and whatnot. And you're like, "What in the heck is going on? When did you guys do this movie?" <laughs> We filmed it in May in Atlanta and um, there was, you know, some of it was like on location and then some was in a studio and there was one, actually the first day we were shooting was a snowball fight outside and they, they dropped, oh my God. they had a machine making snow. Oh. It was, it was one of those where you um, like you got off the van and you were walking towards set and it was like, Oh, magic. Cause it was just, it really was. And it, it was, everyone was just so happy to be there and just the energy. 
and I, I should say it was my first day on set. I'm not sure if it was everyone's, um, but, uh, but we were in these snow suits oh. and, and it was, it was hot. Oh. So um, luckily, I mean, we were like throwing snowballs, but that was definitely uh, something that <laughs> you're like, oh, oh. <laughs> I'm warm. Yeah. Yes. I'm, I'm sweating in this right now, but uh, yeah. Um, yeah, it was it it was just fun. I mean, to to have that Christmas vibe yeah. in the summer, especially like in the kind of this this little bit of like a gloomy pandemic yeah. state, I yeah. can say that we all like go in and out of. Um, yeah, it was it was just nice to to come into that Christmas cheer. I love that. Well, I can't wait to watch that movie. I'm so excited. I think it's gonna be so cute. Yeah. It is, it is going to be so cute. So these kids are so cute. Um, I just, I, this is one cute story of, um, it's about like that first day there's the youngest, uh, daughter. She's, I guess she's probably, she's like a baby on the show, but the, she was older, even though she was like very petite. Um, but I, my job was to just keep her like safe during the snowball fight. Besides like the acting, I feel like as a, Whenever you're a parent, like playing a parent on a TV show or a commercial, like half of that is just wrangling kids mm-hmm. and like make, making sure that they stay safe. And um, it's very much like a mom role. Um, and I was I was holding her like like as we were having the snowball fight. And she's like, "Let me down! I want to get down!" And I was like, "Okay!" And she just like chucked <laughs> these snowballs. Like she she knew she knew what she wanted. She had great aim. And I was like, "Oh, okay." You're on your own, kid. She was <laughs> Get in it to win it. Yeah. Oh man. I like that. That I was like, okay, you're the one to watch. Like, <laughs> I got my eye on you. Good to know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was like, you know what you're doing. All right. <laughs> oh wow. Well, um, on this show, we like to share audition stories, uh, from you know anything that you would like to share about. So that could be embarrassing ones. I can be funny ones. It can be sad ones. It can be a multitude of them. Um, <laughs> do you have anything that you would like to share with the listeners? Oh yeah. Well, you know, I like I have definitely had that trauma in the car ride home, <laughs> like of like, oh my gosh, why did I say that or what just happened? But like with most of my trauma, I like it gets like blacked out. You know, yeah. it just becomes like like just all mushed together as part of the experience and somehow ends up being okay or buried. I'm not sure where it is. Um, but I do have a phase of my life as like an actor, an actress in LA where I, I don't know why. Well, I can, I can probably figure it out, but I, I had this vibe of like, I'm not going to memorize these lines. Like I'm, you haven't paid me yet. Oh dear. So like I, right. I did this probably the first couple of years where I would, and I like, these are things that of course I didn't book, but I was like having great opportunities, but I would go in. Um, I had my script in hand. I would know it, but I wouldn't like this dialogue, which was maybe even if it was only a page or two pages, it wasn't in my bones. Mm. Like you need it to be. And I, I, I think it was before self tape boom and, um, but it, I just looking back, I, I cannot believe that I just had this kind of a little bit of like a chip on my shoulder, pride, like, like, no, you know what, like, I'm not doing this until you, 
you pay mm-hmm. me. And also like we were, there was this time where we were told like, keep the script in hand. They want, they want it in the hand. They want to see you fresh and be able to make these changes. You know, they want to see you be able to take direction mm-hmm. things. And, uh, but I cannot believe that I, went to so many auditions just having the opportunity to to memorize um and be off book and just like wouldn't be just kind of out of I don't want to say spite but like no it's not spite but I think there's something to it though I mean when you're an actor and you have three four five auditions a week and you have to spend at least two hours on each script depending on how long the sides are if you have nine pages of sides for one audition well that's several hours of work and then you're sitting there and you're memorizing you're memorizing you're memorizing I mean most people don't realize most listeners too don't realize that you're spending you know x amount of hours just to go into the audition to read but like 40 other girls are doing it too yep and then you and then you just may never hear anything and all of this like but now that is I, that is part of it. Mm-hmm. I have embraced it. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, yeah, because there was definitely a moment where I I was auditioning for something and and I was like, oh, and I was very right. Like, I know that they liked me. I, I had a callback for, oh, because this was it. This was the the moment. I was like, this is a callback and I'm still not off book. Oh, no. Because um, it, was, it was a larger role. And this and that was the moment afterwards where I was like, oh, I'm really screwing myself over. Mm. Not, not, because, and I, just by habit, like, I'm one of those people, if my script is in hand, I'm just going to look at you, whether it's in me or not, because mm-hmm. it's like, just that wanting to be word perfect. Um, yeah. So I, I, that was, there was that clicking moment of like, girl, if you want to do this, get it. Yeah. Like do it. Don't just like go in there and almost self-sabotage yourself, you know, but you live, you learn. <laughs> well, yeah, you live, Who knows? you live, you learn, you realize that it's part of the job and that eventually you yes. will get paid for it. It just might take a little bit. These are, <laughs> those are the lessons though that I'm like, oh, other people just knew this. Right. I had to go, I had to, I had to learn this. But I mean, it is true. It's like you spend, if you're a small business owner, you spend so many hours not getting paid, getting your work together, doing this stuff. And then finally, you maybe break even or you finally, you know, start making money off of your small business. And that's kind of what acting is. I mean, auditions are that beginning time of saying, I'm just putting all of my effort into this and we'll see if anything sticks. Yeah. You know, I, um, the beginning of this year, um, a new media project that called Intersection that I had worked with a group of writers and we also, as one of the producers, like watched Mm -hmm. the casting tapes and it was just a reminder of like, it is, they, people just want you, you know, like essences, like booked so much like that. We wanted your essence as the character um not like acting is just like if you're a great actor that's just icing on the cake right. but like we just really need you to be who you are and say these say these lines so it was a great reminder after that to be like oh, you know my like my greatest gift is myself mm. <laughs> <laughs> i mean it's true though we're all different people and we bring a different thing to to characters and it's uh yes 
you have your own energy on tape. I will say that I had a, um, I was doing a casting, not a workshop, a shop. It was like a class. It was like a four week class with some casting directors out here in LA. And I did it this summer. And they said that the self tapes over the pandemic were, some of them were so like unwatchable because everyone had lost their energy. They'd lost that like, oh. that like, um, that thrill, you know, that that sense of like danger almost that you have when you go into an audition room and you're like, oh man, here it is. I got to like perform. It, it yes, brings yeah. an energy. And they were saying that they saw such a shift in energy because nobody was going into rooms anymore. And it was just like, it was like everyone just kind of like went dead, like flatlined because I we all just that, are, yeah. are so like, we are so, you know, wanting human connection that they were like, you need to, everyone needs to up their energy levels on self-tapes. Huh. Well, that, that's like a little heartbreaking to hear, but like you can definitely just see how that would naturally happen yeah. over the pandemic. But I self-tape all the time. Like that is, that's just what you do. Um, like when, I guess you're not in LA or New York and, or I mean, but now during the pandemic, everyone's, everyone's doing here, yeah. it. Uh, and I, if when there are in-person auditions, it's like, like their connection with the casting director, like whoever's yeah. in the room, like that's like important. And I, I do so much better like in, in, in person just because, <laughs> yeah. Like I love, connection. I like that's the connection. And it's like, especially if it's casting directors that you've gone in for, for so many years, or, you know, outside of the casting office and you're able to like actually see people and be like, Oh my God. Hi, how are you? How's blah, 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 blah. It's just, it's like, it's that extra layer of like comfort but also excitement yeah. because you get to perform for them. And it's like, oh, man, I've, I've been doing this. Whereas, like, if you're self-taping, it's like, oh, I got to call my friend and I have to perform in front of them again. Man, they're sick of me. <laughs> right. And then also there's a thing of, like, I know, like, you got to be smaller for the camera and, and things, which I understand. Um, I mean, I like, I totally understand this. Um, but I think sometimes in this that's why you have to be a good auditioner mm -hmm. because in the room it um it it like you 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 lose that little like spark sometimes yeah. of you I mean or it, when you're taping yeah. that you would just naturally bring out in the room huh. it's it's very it's huh. been an interesting thing how long I know everybody has their own method with self-taping so how many takes do you give yourself so I it like I I go out and I tape with different Smart. taping services here. Yeah. So I, I, um, it's mostly, there's a part of me that's like, I don't have the time to do the favors mm -hmm. of, you know, like I tape you, you tape me. It, and, um, so, and then, you know, that feels more like the right. room because you're, you're, you're going in and you have to get you have it done time you know, within you have 20 to be minutes. There. You have to have, you have to be on your shit excuse my language, you have to be on your shit. Yeah, you have no. to be like ready to go because you can't waste this person's time. And obviously you don't want to pay more. Right. Uh, yeah. And they, they don't have time for you. Like, they, you know, I, I can tell if I'm like wearing someone out, but usually I'll, I'm, I'll, I'll run it through just the words without taping. And then, um, then tape one and if I flub it, do it again. But you, you have to get it in like 
two takes, three takes mm-hmm. max, but that's only if there's a flub. And even then when I watch it back, I'm like, oh, it's not like, like the, I don't think that our auditions are as precious as we think they mm-hmm. are. Like, you know, some casting directors say they watch the first five seconds. Yeah. So you just, it's like, it is essence and, and you're, are you this character like right away? Um, so I, if I mess up on like, if I, I'm not stutter, but I, if I, if there's a flub, if something's like a yeah. little, I, I like, I embrace right. it. I think those are sometimes the, like where the character will come out. Well, and so. it's human. Nobody yeah. speaks in, in perfect, you know, rhythm or cadence or whatever. It's just very human to have that moment of a flub or a moment of like, Oh, what am I doing? Yeah. Yeah. I still have like a self-tape setup at home though, where if there's like, you know, because you just had to during like the peak of the pandemic, like you couldn't go out anywhere. Not that there was crazy auditions during that time, but, um, and also if there's like no, no lines, you know, and I'll just like work Mm -hmm. it. Um, because, because it, I mean, it costs money too every time you go tape, and if you're yeah. if you're busy, you know that's a lot. It's like oh, but to me, it it ultimately is just worth it to get out of the house yeah. and like feel more professional with it. I yeah, I mean, yeah. I think that's I think that's a really smart way to you know, as we were talking about earlier, keep that energy up and keep that that spark in you alive is to be in front of a person that you're not comfortable with really, or you're comfortable with, but you're not like BFFs with. To have that person, like, you know, standing there and watching you. I mean, that's that's what you need. Yeah. And I don't want to have to worry about lighting, yeah. you know. Like, you, like somebody else, you got me. Great. Now <laughs> I can just, like, just be. Because um, <laughs> even if there's just so – life is really busy right yeah. now. It, like, on top of acting. I don't know what I'm doing. But, you know, like, it's yeah. just is, – the it is busy. Which um, is good. So. Um, yeah. No. You brought up Intersection, and I just want to talk to you real quick about that because you co-created it, and you were part mm-hmm. of the writing, and you starred in it. So what was that like for you to be on on the the creative, behind-the-scenes side of stuff? It is interesting. Um, <laughs> you know, we were planning on shooting this right before the pandemic mm. hit, I think like a week or two like we were supposed to, when lockdown happened and it's so crazy that, I mean, that what we've gone through. Uh, so we, and this is about like, uh, like a, a town, like it's going through gentrification. Mm. And then it, it, we basically rewrote it in, in the first year of the pandemic, um, just because of the heightenedness of the Black Lives Matter movement and, and just, some of our own like ignorances and, and um, so it, it be, we re- re- rewrote it because it just needed to be, yeah. cause this is, you know, taking place now. Um, so that was, that was so many zooms mm. over the pandemic with the writing team. And it is at, like, I, I zoom exhaust. Yeah. Like you're not going to see me in a zoom acting class. Like I, I don't, I, I it, to me, it's like the phone. Like I wouldn't even order pizza or pick up the <laughs> phone as a child. Like that was torture to me. Um, so this, that was, <laughs> that was exhausting. Um, oh but, it, but it's, it was so rewarding. Like in March of this year, we filmed it and 
it, the collaboration, the people, everyone just wanting to be a part of something, create art. It was like soul inspiring. Like that's like, like being creative and and creating is that's where the spark is. That's why for me, I love, I love it. I love creating and, um, and, and just having so many people that were willing to work, um, and work hard and long days on it was, was great. But ultimately, like I, as a producer, like you're not like you're part of a team Mm -hmm. and you have to like that working together. It's, um, and working so fast paced, there were just some things that, that we had to just forgo because of, because we were still in a pandemic, Mm -hmm. um, or we just didn't have the resources. We did a, a I think a seed and spark campaign and, and that money just runs out really Real quick. quickly on, on, yeah. Um, so it, it was, it, I'm so happy. It's getting like shopped to like festivals now. Oh, um, and I, yeah, cause ultimately we wanted it to pick up as like a TV show. Um, you know, it's new media right now. We shot like, we shot six episodes, but it just such a great, um, it's a, it's a great, it's a great, it, our writing team was great. I'm so happy to be a part of it. That's amazing. And, and acting too. Like I like when you write your character, you're like, yeah, <laughs> it's just, you're like, I know this character. I am there. I'm ready. Got it. <laughs> yep. Um, well, it has been such a pleasure talking to you and I am so excited to watch A Loud House Christmas. Uh, where can everyone follow you on social media to keep up with all the things you have happening? At Moretta Moss on Instagram and Twitter. I, you know, and I also have social media burnout. So, uh, you know. <laughs> um, I'm also on, on TikTok if you want to watch some cat and squirrel videos. Oh, wait, like, cat and squirrel some- videos? There's a, like, um, my cat is an indoor outdoor cat creates a lot of stress because it is a wild, <laughs> wild world out there. But these, these squirrels in our yard, they just like, she'll just sit there, watch creep, creep. And then the squirrel will be like, no. Oh and like, God. go after her. Like, like they, they're, they're playing like zoomies around the backyard. I can't tell if they're playing. Um, but it is, it is such a, so like, that's like what I did like a lot of the pandemic just sitting on my back deck and like watching this mayhem between my cat and the squirrels and being like what are y'all doing I are y'all love friends? that so much I have to watch yes these. yeah <laughs> are you a cat person I'm, I'm cat an all dog? animal person I listen Same. I'm I'm yeah. a huge dog person, of course. I love cats. I have cats too, but I'm just like everything. If I could have a cow in my backyard right now, I'd get a cow. Like, just give me all yeah. of them. We did have chickens at one point, um, which I think is just, yeah, yeah. I mean, it sounds super fun. I mean, I don't even know. Now looking back, like we raised them from little oh, little chicks. They were so cute. One of yeah, but one like some of them like passed yeah. away. I don't know what happened. And then like we had a rooster, so oh, we like literally were waking up the neighborhood and um, <laughs> and and ultimately gave them away because we weren't getting the eggs. Yeah. The rooster was out of control. Like you couldn't go in the backyard without it coming no. after you. So the rooster, was yeah, yeah, literally like. Like, cause we would let them, they have their coop and then you open it up and we, we still have this like fence and then he would just jump and go oh my God. after you. <laughs> oh. 
was like very pretty because we got those like designer yeah. birds you know like that would do the pretty colored eggs but never saw one of oh them. my god well there's a lesson yeah. for you kids <laughs> don't get a chicken yeah <laughs> they sound cool but yeah no oh wow well thank you again um and yeah i'm so excited to see what you do next and see what happens with uh your series and good luck i'm so excited well thanks i'm excited to see you too let's I'll have to interview you next. Oh time wait, yeah, you have I want a to know podcast, more about you. don't you? Or you're starting a podcast? Yeah, it's yeah, but it's it is not about acting. It's, it's parent, about co-parenting, yeah, and it is it's it's totally different. So if you ever um, date a man with some kids and want to talk about <laughs> it, I'll have you on there. <laughs> Amazing! I will keep you updated and let yeah. you know if if that uh, ever happens. Yeah. To me. <laughs> <laughs> actually call me before yeah. before <laughs> yeah <laughs> while y'all are just dating i'll give you some oh tips my God. oh man okay yeah. well thank you again um it was so nice to chat with you today it was thank you for having me see ya Thanks again to Moretta for coming on the show and spending a little time with me. Make sure to tune in to A Loud House Christmas on Nickelodeon November 26th, and it will also be available on Paramount+. Plus. I know, I am so excited to see it, so make sure to tune in. Next week, we have the wonderful Danielle Lawson. She is starring in the new film, King Richard. She plays Isha Price. We talk all about what it was like working with Will Smith and filming this incredible true story of the Williams sisters. And I am so excited to see that movie. It gives me chills every time I watch the trailer. So tune in next week. Until then, make sure to follow us on social media. Those links are in the show notes. And uh, rate, review, subscribe to the podcast wherever you're listening to it now. And as always, thanks for coming in. Hello, dear stranger. I'd like to introduce you to something new. Or perhaps something very, very old. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine is a horror fantasy medical mystery. Following the titular monk turned traveling medical investigator. Follow Radolf as he navigates a nightmare world in which viruses are gods and the human race are not their favored children. Steeped in history and an aesthetic that can only be described as a combination of occult academia and laboratory Judaica, the heresies of Radolf Burntwine have been described as Umberto Eco meets H.P. Lovecraft. For more information, check out the Patreon at thorb.info. But take care, dear stranger, for some truths are best left unknown.